The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So then we continue with the fourth talk on the second noble truth. And the first noble, and I'm offering different interpretations of the second noble truth, of the four noble truths in general. And the value of these different interpretations is that each of them is a different pragmatic or practical way of exploring and being and freeing ourselves from our suffering. Rather than seeing the Four Noble Truth as a doctrine, a fixed doctrine that has a fixed interpretation, fixed understanding, it's possible to see it as a framework that can be applied to understand our life in different ways, all for the purpose of becoming freer and freer of suffering. And uh, sometimes the first interpreta- uh, Monday's interpretation is really useful. The causal interpretation, that there's a cause to suffering. And if you can understand that cause, you can maybe do something about the suffering by changing the cause, letting go of it. Sometimes it's useful to look at it, um, the conditionality of suffering, the conditions for why suffering is there and all the different pieces that, that come together to add together, build up together to create suffering. And sometimes we don't take care of the cause, but we change the conditions. And then the third interpretation yesterday is the, uh, the inconstancy interpretation, the looking at how thoroughly and completely Things are constantly shifting and changing, appearing and disappearing. And somehow in the inconstancy of experience, uh, it's clear that kind of the grip of clinging begins to release. We start seeing freedom because uh, the inconstancy, as we go through these three interpretations, it's like it's really going deeper and deeper in the mind, a stiller, quieter, more attentive mind that's not overlaying a lot of ideas on top of things. And when we start seeing the, the fundamental inconstant flow of experience in deep meditation, it's really clear that there's freedom in that flow, freedom in between the things that exist. And that flow and that f- helps really release some of the deepest kinds of holding we have. It's the liberating insight liberating interpretation. Today, the the fourth interpretation I'm going to offer is the interpretation that talks about the origin of suffering. And some people, some translators actually translate this word sambudaya, that means arising in the second noble truth, as the noble truth of the origin of suffering. And, uh, And so why do they do origin? So this has something to do with, a lot to do, I believe, with the Buddha's first, so-called first discourse. Uh, after the Buddha was enlightened, he went out to find um, his six previous companions in the ascetic life because he thought they were ready to hear the deeper teachings he had now about liberation, enlightenment. And it said that he, when he came to them, he taught them the Four Noble Truths. 
And um, and the second noble truth, uh, in a kind of uh, simple Dharma teaching maybe, I don't know if simple is the right word, but uh, we'll often say that um, the second noble truth, the cause of suffering is craving. The condition is craving. And that comes from that uh, idea, comes from that first sermon of the Buddha. And uh, where, it, where it begins this way. Uh, now this, bhikkhus, is the noble truth and this is Bhikkhu Bodhi's translation. Now this bhikkhus is the noble truth of the origin of suffering. It is this craving. So there it is. It is this craving. But I think many times when Dharma teachers and even scholars are writing about the second noble truth, they stop there. It's craving. And, and it's useful to look at craving, th- thirst, clinging, this craving, this strong desire, compulsive desire. But they actually the passage goes on further and the rest of it is often not uh, discussed so much. It is this craving which, so here we go, the craving which, it's a, we're talking about a particular kind of craving now. So what is the origin of suffering in this translation? What is the origin? It is the craving which, which what? It's the craving which leads, leads. It's going to go somewhere. It's, so it's kind of like a cause. It leads someplace. So where does it lead? So a particular kind of craving that leads someplace. It is the craving which leads to renewed existence, to be reborn accompanied by delight and lust, seeking delight here and there. That is craving. So here they're going to kind of say it in different words, what that craving is. Craving for sensual pleasures, craving for existence, and craving for extermination, for non-existence. So this is a kind of intense passage and for some people uh, trying to understand what the Four Noble Truths are about, it's a surprise to come across this particular explanation for what the Second Noble Truth is. Um, because it, fo- it uh, focuses on rebirth. It's the particular craving which leads to rebirth. And uh, the craving that human beings have in a previous life in order, the craving to be reborn is the origin of a person's next life. Is that, and it's also then the origin of all the suffering that person has in their next life. So in this interpretation, this understanding of rebirth in multiple lives, all the suffering that you have in this lifetime has its origin in a craving to be reborn. And the solution to not being reborn again and again into this world of suffering is to let go of a particular kind of craving, the craving of wanting to have rebirth. And that's where we get this idea that uh, the, the second noble truth has to do with the origin. Even though, as I keep saying, the word samudaya means uh, arising. And... Um, 
So, um, so yesterday I talked about these four liberating insights, um, insight into this is suffering, this is the arising of suffering, this is the cessation of suffering, and this is the practice leading to the cessation of suffering. And I offered that interpretation here, which I think is well uh, representing what, what the Buddha was teaching over and over again. That little formula, without the words noble truth, appears hundreds of times in the suttas. People often think the Buddha is talking about the Four Noble Truths because it's so similar in wording. But he's talking about inconstancy, the immediacy of experience here and now. This explanation here in the first discourse of the Buddha is much more um, um, abstract. It's not about the immediacy of present moment experience. It's about a story an idea, a belief in rebirth and an idea of how rebirth happens. It's a theory about rebirth. And now we've left the world of direct experience, at least in terms of a reader of this and what's being pointed to, to kind of a belief, kind of a tenant, kind of a creed that this is uh, the problem of suffering, is the fact that we want to be reborn and that we do get reborn. So now we have to kind of, now it's like some people are kind of maybe reeling to hear this. What? This is getting more complicated. I didn't know. I thought practice and mindfulness was just about the present moment experience, seeing it here and now, deep insight into how things are here and now. And now we're talking about this fundamental teaching of Buddhism that, um, the, of the Four Noble Truths, that in order to understand it, you have to understand rebirth and believe that there's a craving that is, uh, causes rebirth. And how do I get to this root craving or this craving, this origin of suffering? For some of us, it's not so satisfying. Some of us, it's very inspiring to hear this. Ah, people who believe in rebirth really want to see how to get off the wheel of life and death. People who don't believe in it so much, it's like, what, you know, it's a little bit confusing or a little bit maybe even off-putting to have this wonderful teaching of the Four Noble Truths be interpreted in this way. Um, one way of understanding this, and I received this from one of the great scholar monks, this idea, is that this, uh, this, this discourse of the Buddha's uh, first sermon is not meant to be the definitive teachings of the Four Noble Truths, but rather is the particular, a very particular elaboration of how someone, when someone becomes fully awakened, like becomes a Buddha, how uh, it then they no longer get reborn. And then the, the, the idea is, well, how does that happen? How do they no longer get reborn? Well, they're explaining this, that for that person, the particular craving for rebirth has been uprooted, has been stopped. So rather than the Buddha's first sermon being the kind of the universal teachings on the Four Noble Truth that we can understand for our lives, it's rather a very particular application of this framework to look and explain how someone who becomes fully awakened has been changed, a particular mechanism for that thing. And so it's relevant for someone who's fully awakened, 
not necessarily for someone who's just trying to become free and in this lifetime itself, you know, as they go through their lives. So this is a little more complicated, this whole idea, but I think it's important for those of you who are engaged in Buddhism uh, and and trying to reflect on the Four Noble Truths, uh, and you're trying to go back and see the teachings of the Buddha, to try to make sense of these teachings, the First Sermon of the Buddha, and to contextualize it, and to really kind of understand the particularity of what the focus is on here. So we're not kind of confused or or think we have to kind of now adopt a tenant and all that of belief or apply this particular teachings to our practice. Um, it's um, So the origin of suffering, the origin means the original place in the past life that gives birth to the suffering here. Some translators will do kind of a... a will translate this word samadaya, meaning arising, as origination. And uh, some of you reading the different translators will see this. I'm not sure what this means, origination. I know the dictionary definition. I think it's maybe just means origin, or maybe it's a kind of hybrid or kind of a vague way of kind of talking about conditionality, kind of talking about origin, kind of talking about not the fundamental original origin, but rather where suffering originates, any place you can see it originating in, um, the conditions for it, the, the more immediate cause in today or in, you know, in current times. So um, whichever way it is, these interpretations, it's all material to swim in, to work with, to apply to our lives. And the test of all this, the purpose of all this, is to be able to be present with clear eyes, looking clearly into our, our life, understanding what we're doing, how we're living, where the clinging, what the craving is, and then to understand how it's useful to work through that to come to the other side of suffering. Sometimes it's useful to see cause, sometimes condition, sometimes inconstancy, and maybe sometimes seeing the origin is useful or important to understand. This is part, this is part of it. And we'll, look, we'll kind of review all this again in a very kind of uh, uh, hopefully practical way next week when we talk about the niroda, the cessation of suffering. But for now, we're still looking at this uh, sec- second noble truth. And we have one more talk tomorrow. So I look forward to making efforts again to explain this to you, and hopefully you're finding it practical. Thank you.